Welcome back to Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and what I do is talk about comics, movies, and TV shows. <sighs> In general. But the reality is, guys, I typically spend every seventh episode, at least in the past, I would spend every seventh episode uh, talking about another volume in the DC Paradox Press line of big books and for those episodes I was always 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 joined by Chris Honeywell from Two True Freaks and the reason for that is because I resolved that I'm not I'm just not gonna record those episodes without him either I get him involved or we just fucking don't record it's really as simple as that and that kinda morphed into once we finished up the the big book series that sort of morphed into the idea of just bringing them back for these uh, seventh episodes so that we can just talk about weird stuff. Topics. And, yeah. And the, the reason for that is because whenever we would talk about these big books, inevitably we would start talking about weird stuff, which, at least from my personal definition, what that means is something that is not comics, something that is not movies, and something that is not TV shows. Anything outside of that rubric, to me, for the purposes of my subject matter on this podcast, is weird stuff. And as it relates to today, well, actually, before we even get into that, Chris, welcome back to the show. How Hi. are you? <laughs> Might be nice if you actually said something, right? Oh, it's weird. We've been talking for like 45 minutes before this, so it's just like, dum -dum 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 -dum. I don't even <laughs> feel like introducing myself, you know? Yeah, well... Yeah, and, that, and that's one of the, I swear, that's like the, the tightrope that you have to walk with podcasting. Just because you said it doesn't necessarily mean you said it on mic. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, as it goes for today, I, and I guess sort of as like an introduction to these seventh episodes, basically where Chris and I are going to start is with this Shia LaBeouf he will not divide us performance art project that he's got going in New York right now and where the subject goes from there I don't know so guys this is already vaguely political to begin with if you think there's a possibility that Chris and I might touch upon political issues or subjects or what have you that you maybe don't want to hear about now would be a good time to just stop this episode right well, I hope no, I would no. hope Shia LaBeouf would be some sort of like, 
common lightning rod that everybody could, you know, not get too excited. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's the thing. I mean, Shia LaBeouf is one of those guys that it took... He's pretty hated. It, yeah, and it, it took me a while, really, to kind of... I, to whatever degree I ever came around on the guy, which isn't really all that much, I think he's kind of a pretentious cock myself, but, you know, it did take me a while to kind of come around to it, and one of the things... I, I had the word put, douche on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, and that works too, fine, but, you know, and, and I hate to think what this says about me, man, but, you know, one of the things that kind of did it for me was the... There was a story that came out, and damned if I know which movie it was, but... There was a story that came out where we're not talking about Sylvester Stallone or we're not talking about Jason Statham or any of those guys, right? We're talking about Shia fucking LaBeouf right. who did this, right? Uh, it was on the set of some movie. Tom Hardy popped off just one time too many. I shall emphasize this. Shia LaBeouf kicked his ass and made him like it. And, you know, I mean, look, let's face it. Tom Hardy, like, for as much as I'm not real big on Shia LaBeouf, I'm really not big on Tom Hardy. So it's kind of like <laughs> the battle of the assholes where no matter who loses, I win. The, 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 the two of, like, Tom Hardy, I can think of, yeah, he, he, I can think of, well, I love Fury Road's one of my favorite movies of all time, and Tom Hardy is fantastic in it. But Bane didn't do anything for me, and neither did, um, what was Shinzon didn't do... Oh, come on, I like Shinzon. Uh, that's a whole other epi... That's, 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 that movie is in Into Darkness land with me. I almost walked out of that movie. But Shinzon wasn't really the reason for it, but it just, like, I didn't walk away from it going, that guy that played Shinzon, he's got his shit together, you know, but... And Shia LaBeouf, like, kind of, like, flat out, he's got that punch-me-in-the-face face. And he's yeah. got, uh, it's, uh, you know, I it, it sounds awful, but it's kind of a douchey face. It's, maybe it reminds me of Corey Feldman. He's sort of like a more, you know, photogenic Corey Feldman, or, you know, more normal-shaped-faced Corey Feldman. And yeah. Corey Feldman's another one I find obnoxious, but that I've liked some of his work or whatever. In, in movies, not actually in reality. He's also a performance artist, too, of the horrible variety. But, like, you know, in, in the Transformer movies, so I'm like, okay, this is just some, you know, the new douchey actor, and he's not the action guy. He's supposed to be the Joe six-pack guy. And then you start hearing about, like, he, like, got arrested for ramming his neighbor's car because they were blocking his driveway and like lots of road rage stuff so he was obviously like an angry guy you know it's yeah. it reminded me of the the early days when sean penn's first started getting famous and he was getting in fights all the time and then he did that movie that ripped off huge swaths of dialogue from daniel Klaus comics and sort of got busted and that was when everybody was like, Shia LaBeouf, you're a douche. And there was a... He did, he, he did kind of turn that around, though. I'll give him yes. credit on that. He's good he at turning was... stuff around. That's where I'm getting. He, he's, he, he, he owned it. And 
And well, the uh, thing about it that, that kind of worked for me was that he got caught plagiarizing, and when he was caught plagiarizing, he plagiarized somebody else's apology for plagiarism. Which, which, is, which makes you suspect that he might have plagiarized in the first place to try to set up that situation. Or right, that I mean, you a, talk about that, clever that is a dodge masterful to make fucking troll right there, dude. <laughs> right, either way, something, something was going on there. And I'm a defender of Crystal Skull, and I'm a defender of Shia LaBeouf's character existing and his performance in, in uh, Crystal Skull. I was like, I actually started thinking... I could maybe see a Shia LaBeouf solo Son of Indiana Jones movie. It's it, it could be possible. And and that was pretty much and then after that that was when the performance art and as someone who's done performance art and I was inspired to do performance art by seeing really shitty performance art <laughs> and like <laughs> I, my friend and I were sitting at, at we were at, on on campus I was a student he was in a student we were probably doing our radio show and there were these two guys that did performance art and they were just the standard sort of art guys in the 90s they were just kind of wimpy and and I mean I'm describing myself right now like visually they had glasses and short hair and they they always just sort of dressed like Devo and that basically, you know, they would have like matching outfits and like they, they had one performance where they, they were in twin white, um, oh, are they, are they considered jumpsuits? But like you would wear at a plant, you know, like a safe suit, you know, sort of thing. A one oh, piece, yeah. One piece like that. They were dressed like drones, basically. And there was, uh, some, br- and, Okay, Almost now, sounds kind of like droogs. Some, some, yes, yeah, some, some context is Rochester Institute of Technology. All the buildings are made of red bricks, so that's sort of the sort of one of the symbolic things of RIT is red bricks. So they had built a wall, sort of. Um, there, you know, there's a main main thoroughfare through the center of campus. Instead right. of building it like across that, they sort of built it off to the side, you know, going, going, um, um, right along in the same direction as, as the, the, the sidewalk. So it wasn't blocking anybody. And they, they, they basically what they would do was they would build, they, they had the wall built, and their performance was they came out and they had hard hats on, and they, and they would pick up the wall piece by piece and then they would build it a, a little further down and across the way on the sidewalk and they did it in a very mechanical manner and they just did that all day and that just sounds fucking boring dude yeah we sat and watched them and we're like alright this is fucking ridiculous you know we're, 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 we're taking action you know these guys are and, and everybody's just it's and RIT was a very um, tech school and it didn't attract a very interactive crowd of people so nobody was talking to him people were looking at him like either like oh what what the hell is that that's weird somebody being weird or going like huh that's funny huh oh br- a statement on bricks and oppression or something and automatons I get it it's art and that was about it so we started coming up and like questioning him and immediately they broke character 
and we're like, well, we're trying to get people to interact with us through it. And we're like, no, 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 you're breaking character, dummy. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm like, well, we're interacting with you now. What, what next? You know, and they, they did another installment where they had a room and they were, it had stuff, just set, random stuff set up in it. And they were, they were underneath, um, sheets so they, they, mm-hmm. they were sitting like a, a piece of art with a sheet over them and, and uh and just sitting silently and motionlessly and then they opened up the installment they were waiting for someone to pull the sheets off them nobody pulled the sheets off them people just walked in looked around and were like huh <laughs> like walked out it never occurred to them to put like blood stains or something on the sheets something I mean... to something to tweak and granted, this is in college. These guys were a few years older than you know. These guys were in their twenties, actually. But you know that you know this is part of the learning. They they didn't seem to learn in all of their things. They they seemed to have set up this thing and like they wanted people to interact and get this wonderful interaction and learning experience going, but they couldn't even start it. And we were watching them, and and this is the same way we had a band actually. And, and we were watching them and, and we're critiquing it. And after a while of critiquing, we're, you know, and the kind of guy he is and the kind of guy I are, we're like, wait a minute, we're spending too much time critiquing this. We got to do it ourselves. So we, so we're not, so we don't think we're total hacks. Cause if, if, if we're critiquing them and they're doing it, we could do something better and actually have fun. And that's right. when we started doing performance art and we actually like, all our per- first performances were combinations, parodies of them, but with things baked in to make sure that we had it. And oh, did we have interactions of on you know from screaming and yelling to you know positive or whatever? But we got you know we we baked it in. We actually figure you know took the time ahead of time. And this is doesn't make us geniuses. It just makes makes it basic performance art of like how do you get you know when as we go into this let's bake it in that people will have to either have to interact with us or really want to interact with us and then they will if you just sit if you just sit stuff out around people for the most part depending on where you are or what kind of people or what kind of event most people just are too you want to take it as disinterest, but a lot of times it's basically too shy to get involved in something and they don't know if they're supposed to, if it's okay to go ahead and do it, you know, they don't want to screw up something that somebody's doing. So they, you know, so it's social interaction is, is hard, you know, to, especially if you're trying to shape it into some piece of art. And in that respect, Shia LaBeouf has been very like, all of his, I, I've got a list of, let's see, two, four, six. He's done seven art installations. And when I was doing my research on this, because I could think of a bunch of them off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like the first one, just do it is like universal. That's like his biggest success. But, uh,. And then I saw the list of them, and I'm like, seven of them. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. So there's been a bunch of them that I haven't heard of. But son of a bitch, I'd heard of all of them. You know, when I when I read, when I I read was reading what they were about, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when that. Oh, yeah, I remember. Some of them were more 
successful as others, but they've got a sort of, they've got a, I think the real performance artists are the Turner, Turner and Ronco, his partners. Mm-hmm. I think Turner's, Turner wrote a book here in the United States and Ronco, I think is, is Swedish. And so they're the performance artists and they've gotten, and you know, actors are fucking crazy flakes. They yeah. probably they probably met Shia LaBeouf. He's an angry guy, and your story about him fighting Tom Hardy reminds me of my friend Ken Kenny, who was not violent, but he was con- he would get in confrontations with people in public. You know, no no problem. He had no no qualms with like calling somebody on somebody and and really getting into it, and it would usually end up with them being best buddies. So that's right. probably what, probably, it seems like the thrust of all of his, you had the I am sorry where he put himself in the booth and you can do anything to him. Um, introductions was the just do it where he was in front of the blue screen. The one where he watched all his movies. Yeah, that's um, one of the more famous ones right there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that became a meme. And <laughs> that was Andy Kaufman shit going yeah. right there, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and th- I mean, I watched, I I tuned into some of that live live stuff. You know, I didn't catch a lot of the really, but you know, the thing is, you put a camera in front of him that long that it it the and those gifts, all the gifts of it are of the real human reactions that he had. Those were you can see him, you see him, and it's like he's an actor, but that's a real person, you know, reacting in a in a real way to to the movie. And then he had one where people made phone calls in, and then the phone calls would get played. Um, there was this one sounded great, the "Take Me Anywhere" one, where they would just go someplace, give up Shia LaBeouf's GPS coordinates, and whoever showed up could take him anywhere they wanted to take him. Um, the end in the end one was where he would have the people come into the theater. And it was an they they went in one at a time into a big empty theater, and he was sitting up on the stage, and they could talk to him, but they had to preface it with, "and in the end," which was sort of seems like he was trying to force a Beatles sort of thing going with that. And now, and up to the current one, which is, "He will not divide us," which is seeming to go back. This is this is digging back into the angry LaBeouf. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's actually got arrested on this one for assaulting someone. Yeah, and the thing about it is, look, I'm a sucker for good performance art, you know, and you know the thing about performance art is, you basically need two things. You need to do two things. You need to take the most mundane situation, or idea, or concept, or whatever and mix it with something that is completely fucking insane, all right? To me, and then you have to put it all in public, and that, to me, is the foundation for any good performance mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. And a good example of what I'm talking about is, this isn't exactly like bring the house down kind of performance art, but do you know who the YouTube uh, personality is, uh, Mark Dice? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't think so. I mean, I well, mean, if you describe like what he, what, I might have seen what he does and just don't remember his name or something. But well, he's this. Well. well, he lives in California, and uh, he's. 
I look, I don't even know what right wing even fucking means anymore. But whatever <laughs> whatever right wing is, that's basically I guess what this guy is. And he does like a lot of like news commentary and stuff like that. And his shtick is that his videos typically last like if it's a really big video, if it's like a if it's like an epic Mark Dice video, it'll be about maybe five five and a half minutes, something like that. It's just he does very short videos. And I think because of that, that's actually maybe the secret to his success, because apparently he does have a lot of subscribers and whatnot. But what he does to kind of mix things up is he'll actually get out of his studio on a semi-regular basis. And he just goes out there and just kind of fucks with people. Now, he does it in a sort of right wing kind of mode of fucking with people. So what he'll do is he'll find the biggest liberal wackadoo with the lowest IQ he can possibly find and, and ask him feeding him rope. Yeah. And so, you know, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And he won't comment on it. The idea is that you, the viewer, are providing your own commentary. But every once in a while, he'll break away even from that. And I think he actually does. Again, we're not talking about like revolutionary, bring the house down, Andy Kaufman levels of performance art. It's more like social experiments in a, in a, in a way, and they sort of become performance art. But there was one that he did where he, he's on like the docks somewhere, and uh, he just sees a bench where people are sitting down, and he says, I'm just going to go fuck with some people, right? Stays there all day. And anytime somebody sits down at that bench, he says, uh, guys, can you just show a little bit of respect? This is supposed to be a commemorative bench. It's not supposed to – you're not supposed to sit there. And everybody would get right back up and find someplace else to sit. And there's no sign up or anything like that. It's just – it's some guy coming out of nowhere saying, guys, this is a memorial bench. All right? If you would, just show some respect. And he, he's not telling – what you're supposed to show respect to, what's being commemorated, why the fuck somebody would put a bench in public that is you're not he, supposed is to... Is he sitting on the bench, too? No, no, no. He, oh, he, he'll okay. Just, he'll, I think it's even walk... funnier if he was actually sitting on the bench while he was saying it. Yeah. And the He's idea just, like, of... monitoring it, like, standing beside it and, like... Like, a, yeah. like, like, like he was at a theater or something? Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, he's out there and you can see like the waves or they're crashing in the background and everything. And people are just wandering around and doing all of this. And you can see some boats and stuff floating around. And and it's it's just very scenic. And then here he comes and saying, guys, just as a show of courtesy, would you mind not sitting here? This is supposed to be a memorial bench. And everybody acts sort of like chastised. Oh, shit. I didn't. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, no, it's, that's no problem. It's no problem. Just if you would. And, of course, you know how this is going to end. I mean, at the very end, he's going to show the guy that told him, fuck off, I'm, uh, I'm here. He's uh -huh. going to save that one for last. And uh, the guy's like, uh, well, no, sorry, bro, I'm, um, I'm sitting here. And Mark dies. He just really can't hold it anymore. He just starts laughing, and he's like, you would not believe how many people have fallen for that today. <laughs> and he's like – and the guy said something like, well, the only reason it didn't work on me is because my feet hurt, and I just need to sit down. Right. <laughs> and that's like literally the only reason it didn't work. But the idea – like what he's trying to do here is just basically say that a lot of people will blindly question – they'll blindly obey uh, what they at least perceive to be authority. There's... Even if it's something that's completely fucking asinine, oh, they'll sure. still roll with it. Oh and, yeah. Oh, I've I've I mean I've utilized that many times to get into places where you have to get into or 
where if you just <laughs> there there's been situations where you just look like you're you you know what you're doing or you're part of what's going on and you go along with it when people start treating you that way i got into a butthole surfers concert and got to eat free you know um <laughs> catering food because of just because of the you know we sh- it was like at a strip mall it was silver chair the reverend horton heat and the butthole surfers reverend well, horton heat's like- rockabilly so his crowd's yeah, that's up. like 90s fabulous right there. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Silverchair were 14 years old or whatever. They were they were kids, and butthole surfers are are butthole surfers. They're they're Texas dirtbags, drug addicts, scumbag, right? So we showed up. Our our crew showed up with ripped up jeans and dirty, you know, jean jackets and just generally looking scroungy and wasted. And we get there and go. Yeah, you know, let's get a bite to eat before we go into the concert, you know. It's just a bar, so there'd probably only be, you know, chicken fingers and stuff in there. Let's find out, you know, Wendy's or something and and get some food. So we go up to the people who are, you know, at the gate and we're like, where do we get food around here? And they're like, craft services is right through there. And we're like, oh, thanks. And we like walk through and like we're walking over the craft service and we're like, they just thought we were in the butthole surfers. <laughs> we look, we're the only one. Everybody else around there was, you know, I, I think the majority of people were there for Silverchair because they had just happened and they were a, a novelty for being little kids. And uh, Yeah, they were like the alternative Hanson, right? Yeah, they were, they were, I mean, they were a pretty generic band. But, you know, not bad for 14 years old, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's what the crowd was there, and I think that's what the, the, the club was expecting. So, we, boom, there, there we are eating. And, and, the, and, you know, my friend's wife is like, we shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, no, we absolutely should be doing this. <laughs> Butthole surfers aren't going to care. I don't care if Silverchair cares. I don't care if the Reverend Horton Heat cares. I'm hungry. It's free. <laughs> well, and the thing is, you, I mean, you know, there's maybe a lie by omission, but at the same time, you never said that you were something that you're we not. Did, so we didn't even we, we well we had the 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 added priceless can't can't fake it bonus of we didn't even we 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 weren't even thinking that we were sneaking in. We didn't even think of the possibility. We just. They just pointed the way and we started going like, oh, thanks, you know, and a lot of us worked actually craft service stuff. So it's sort of almost like, you know, when you're driving on the thruway and you and you're going someplace, it's not home, but you almost get off on the exit. You, you start, you know, taking your route home because that's what you're used to. Yeah, so we just start headed over to craft services because <laughs> usually we're, we're the ones filling up the the containers on it. And, you know, and then when we were in, that's when we started noticing it's like. Oh shit! Everybody else is buying tickets, and you know we had our tickets through Ticketron or whatever. But you know everybody else, they were stopping in like twenty dollars or looking at their tickets, and we were just like, oh, <laughs> well, I guess we got past that barrier. We shouldn't have bought tickets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you at least paid your money to get in, so you're just getting a oh, different yeah, yeah, angle. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. That point. But we got free food. We got to and 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 it must have been a little disorienting from for them to um see us standing in the crowd 
during the show instead of setting up the stage or playing. <laughs> we were just in the audience, you know, so that but if they noticed, if they even noticed. When, yeah, uh, there was another point where um, the band uh, uh, George Clinton and Funkadelic, mm-hmm. P-Funk, were, were... I had a friend who was a super insane fan and he was on all the groups and knew all the people on the inside and stuff and he knows when... When George Clinton goes on tour, they'll do their shows, but then they'll pick a few places to play at a bar, and they'll book another. They'll book themselves as this band called Drugs, and Drugs is basically the band part of P Funk that does like heavy rock, hmm. and uh, and they'll come on and play for about a half an hour, and then after that, it's a P Funk show. You know, George Clinton will come out, and then all of a sudden, it's a full blown. And musicians will come out. It's a full blown P Funk show in a little tiny bar, and it'll and it's just, you know, it's it's fucking great. You don't get to see them in, you know, in in a shitty tiny bar. So, we we got wind of one of those in Ithaca, which is like a couple hours away, a little less than two hours away, and. And we have our friend Jimmy, who's a big Rasta guy. Kind of looks like George Clinton. Younger than George <laughs> Clinton, but kind of looks like him, i.e. black. We're going to a place where there's lots of white people. And right. they're hippie people, too, so they should know better. But we go there anyway, and he's got he's just a very dynamic personality anyway, and he's like a really friendly, warm person. But we get there, and it's like... A group of five of us and we're there early and we're just sort of hanging out on this deck outside mm-hmm. and uh, we start noticing all the hippies are looking over at us and 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 I'm like Jimmy Jimmy they think you're George Clinton he's like there's no way they think I'm George Clinton I'm like oh dude they think you're George Clinton they think we're P-Funk hanging out over here watch girls would start coming over hi and and, and jimmy was a kind of a lech too and jimmy hi can i give you a hug why sure you can and he'd give him a big hug and the guys would come over and shake their hand uh, shake his hand and then this one guy shook his hand and palmed him a big bud of weed and uh i see jimmy's eyes like light up and then he's like chris check this out i just got palmed this let's go out to the car right now we go out to the car come back and you know they're all they're all eyeballing us and coming up to him and then the show starts and jimmy's in the front row you know yelling yeah and george clinton comes out a full head shorter than jimmy and you know a good 15 to 20 years older than jimmy and everybody's like wait a minute Hey, we gave him pot. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. you always got to take advantage of those situations when. Well, when, it's when less you're glamorous. In the right place at Maybe the right time. It's less cool than that. But I was one time mistaken. This was back when I was a teenager. But uh, I was mistaken for a member of the Backstreet Boys because they happened to be in town that night. And I, I guess one of them, I couldn't tell you which one, but one of them resembled the way I used to look back then. And so, like, there were, and, I, and and keep in mind, I mean, I'm talking like I was 18, guys, okay? I was, like, fucking, I was 18. And, like, these 12- and 13-year-old girls, you know, like, this is fucking jailbait by any, by any definition, right? Um, 
were coming over and it's like they were very clumsy about it they were trying to flirt they knew they wanted to flirt they just didn't really know how right, right. and it's like i can't fucking be part of this conversation i i, I need a shower just even being here which probably other... made you seem more like a backstreet boy <laughs> yeah well, than if he the... just started signing autographs yeah, well, and that was the other thing, you know, like, what name am I supposed to sign? And so I thought, well, if I have to sign something, because I was going to roll with it, fuck, why not? You should have been, you should have just, just ruined scribble. his career, you should have ruined his career and been like, let me sign your boobs. <laughs> yeah, right. Come back to my backstreet van. The other thing, though, was that older women, that you would think they have, that they're a little bit more on the ball. You would think. They, they can, and they knew how to flirt, believe me, and... You know, they they said, well, you know, because I was at a mall at the time. So they said, well, you know, there are some semi-private places here. And they just kind of trailed off. And it's like, you know, kind of what they're asking for. And I looked over at my girlfriend who was watching this whole thing with like a mixture. Like this weird mixture of like total revulsion on the one hand. And on the other hand. I thought we were going into a MILF, MILF story from Penthouse or something. Oh, as soon as you said well, girlfriend, a, a few of them, you know, all down. Well, a few of them, <laughs> if if there would been a way to make that work, well, who yeah, knows? Yeah. But you know, it's the thing about it is, God, we are off topic. But uh, I guess the thing about it is, it you know, celebrity is such an ambiguous, or it's a, it's both viral and ambiguous, and so because of that, you know, it is easy if you have the right kind of look. Mm-hmm. You yeah, can ca- you, you can cast a lot of that. Out. Yeah. And so well, anyway, but just to kind of, you know, uh, I guess wrangle it all back in here a little bit. Um, the he will not divide us protest. And that's that is kind of how I regard it at this point. I mean, it may have started off as like an art project, but, you know, the reality is it's got I mean, both. It's got them both baked into it. Yeah. And. On the one hand, I mean, look, I'm the guy that really likes performance art, but I like it, I guess, in a certain vocabulary. There are infinitely different ways of of doing something like this. It's just what I always liked was the more objective, objectively humorous type of stuff. And when you start getting too partisan as this has, and that's really what it was kind of founded to be. Well, then, then that begs the question, is... Is he doing it strictly? Is he doing it as a partisan action, or is he doing it as an illustration? You know, is it performance art about the nature of partisan action and pro? You know, so that's when you start when and 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 I'm someone who's baked performance art and protest together. I go to pro- protests half. It depends on what the protest is, because I'll go to any protest, but if I'm like in in you know in the same philosophy as a protest i'm there to protest but at the same time i'm there to do a little performance art because you know i i i like it's it's a perfect opportunity for tweaking of people so i see like at the base of his i mean his performance art is it lacks the subtlety of a lot of, like, I mean, Andy Kaufman, I just hold as a gold standard, but there's a lot of similarities with LeBouf just because LeBouf is someone, 
like these two performance art it, it, it's obvious that these two performance artists got a hold of him and were like it befri- either befriended him or if he's I don't know what he's like personally he could be unstable and they just like glommed onto him and are like Svengali like you know hey LaBeouf we can do this and they're using his fame or that they could all be you know collaborators on it I don't know but it's obvious he's like at some point it's been decided amongst some of them that LaBeouf is the one that people are going to pay attention to the other two probably make the publicity happen and set up the physical aspect of it you know where you're doing your simulcast and your live stream and the technical aspect of it and uh but it's it seems like his basic thrust of Mm -hmm. everything that he does is uh just it's it's just simple connection as humans in some way in some way breaking down the barriers to where two humans are communicating even if it's set up in a sort of formalized way you know it's pushed and you you notice with the he will not divide us one and this wasn't the guy he got arrested for tangling with but it was the first guy that they it was the first thing that like they were saying okay Shia LaBeouf's doing this but all it was at that point was people aimed at a camera chanting with the buff poking his head in every once in a while okay whatever that's what he's doing it's not very exciting but then they got its first little like here's a clip from it because they had the one guy with his German military hat on who went up and I, I think he said um, 88 or he said 14 or 88 he gave one of the, the white supremacist numbers and he was obviously this little little skinny guy oh, wait, what? this was a, this was the first incident of it he was this little skinny guy with a german not like a helmet but like a cap like a military cap and he had like um one of those uh man purse you know like bike bags at at his side and you could tell he had like his paperwork or whatever he was he was dressed in very sort of german military garb but he just looked like kind of like a gothy kid sort of you know skinny guy with glasses and he just sort of comes up right up to the camera and he says 14 and then he starts saying something like very like kind of wimply you know some something generally white supremacist and Shia LaBeouf is instant well, well hold on what, but what's Nazi or white supremacist about 14 well, huh? it, I guess I, I guess I'm not getting 14 it. or 88 are both 88 is Heil Hitler and 14 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. refers to his birthday and they're usually you know they're dog they're they're semi dog whistle you know it something something you could yell at, you know there's there's lots of catchphrases if you were a white supremacist if you had an open mic that you could just you know rather than go Heil Hitler into it or you know I don't like black people or whatever it is that that you would want to yell you 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 would say something that's that like you would say 88 so that the people who get it get it or whatever so but he was it was obvious yeah, he was okay. like I'm going to go up and say something you know, sort of, sort of subvert this. Which, if you're doing performance art, okay. Even if you don't, you don't like the guy or whatever. 
you're opening yourself up to that. So that's why that this video. But what LeBouf did was just like get right up. The guy was standing there talking, and you couldn't really hear enough to put together a sentence of what he was saying because he was get the crowd. There's like a crowd of people behind him all chanting. And LeBouf just gets up and chanting along with the crowd gets right like up into the guy's face to where their cheeks are touching. <laughs> and, mm. you know, LeBouf's got his big bushy beard and he's got his cheeks right up to the guy and the guy's talking and LeBouf's yelling. This is to where I was thinking that might have been a setup because the guy held his cool. Um, they, they both they both were like adamantly like all right we're gonna get as close to physical confrontation as you could possibly get you know i mm-hmm. mean the, the buff is has his face paint against the guy's face and pointed at his face and you know he will not divide us and and screaming in the guy's face and pushing you know arms back like a like a rooster pushing against him and the guy's standing there just sort of calmly saying his thing and then eventually walks off and that was the first like check out this video of Shia LaBeouf's performance art and then the next one was the fight you know that he got arrested for well there was um <clears throat> there were a, a couple of kind of interesting moments I mean I figured that um places like uh like Pole and 4chan and you know uh sort of out of the way places like that they weren't gonna let an opportunity like this pass by oh and, no and sure enough they didn't now the first like like opening salvo for this that i saw i'm not saying this was the only thing that happened but the first that i at least saw was uh some guy basically did this infiltration thing where he's just uh, he would come up to the camera a couple of times and he would say the thing, you know, he will not divide us. And he basically tried to blend in a little bit. Then he kind of fell into the background a little bit. And then he duct taped letters to the wall of the uh, building. Because you can see where in the camera angle that LaBeouf uses, it just says Museum of. And you don't see the part where it says Moving Images. You just see Museum of. And so beneath that, he duct taped uh, letters up there that said Keck, K-E-K, Keck. And that, so, I actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I had to Google that because I had fucking no idea what that was supposed to mean. Isn't that from a Stephen King book, I want to um, say? No, that's – it's basically like um, – I don't know. It's like parody religion. They have this uh, this little green frog that oh, they use as, as a mascot. Yeah, uh, pe- yeah, that's the one, Pepe. And uh, they use that as their, um, as their little mascot. And then somebody yes. said, well, you know what uh, – what would be kind of funny is if we pretend that this is it's kind of like the flying spaghetti monster right this is our god and his name is keck which means lol laughing out loud that's what it means it's but people used to write keck as shorthand it's shorthand for shorthand basically okay and so um they said and because of the fact that we're kind of you know trolls and because we're talking about the alt-right here and so you know because they're because of the fact they're they're sort of trolls and performance artists to begin with anyway. It's kind of a logical thing for them to do to, you know, uh, storm an event like this. And sure enough, they did. And that was the first drip of what looked like a never-ending fucking cascade of of uh, these alt-right 
uh, trolls and provocateurs that were showing up. And at one point, it, there was this guy that showed up, and what he did was he actually kind of twisted the phrase. What he said was, instead of, he will not divide us, and guys, don't give me any shit about this. I'm just quoting what somebody else said, so don't, don't fuck me, all right? Don't blame me. I'm just quoting somebody here. <laughs> but basically what the guy said was, instead of saying, he will not divide us, this guy shouted, hebs will not divide oh, us. Oh, jeez. And I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I had to Google what exactly that word means. And... <laughs> Because I mean, I'm sorry. You didn't, grow, I you didn't grow up. You didn't grow. Well, you see, I didn't grow up with like anti-Semitism around me. Like the racists were the, around me didn't like black people. But I grew up with with all in the family with Archie Bunker. That was an Archie. That's like that's where I. That's like exclusively growing up where I would hear that word was on all in the family coming out of Archie Bunker's mouth. Oh. Well, and this guy, I just – I could not put my finger on it, but it's like I've seen this asshole somewhere before, right? So <clears throat> I uh, I did a little bit more Googling. I had to do a lot of Googling to, to even understand what the fuck is even going on here, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> so – but I had seen this guy, and I realized I shared pictures of this guy on Facebook. Bec not on purpose, but, you know, it's like apparently it's a joke, but what people will do is – Anytime there's like a mass shooting or something like that, they'll post pictures of this same guy, this interloper at He Will Not Divide Us. They will post pictures of him holding his guns and stuff and say, this is the shooter. He's been identified and his name is Sam Hyde and he's he's the killer. He's a neo-Nazi guy and he's he loves Hitler and stuff. And it's supposed to be a joke because – well, anyway, I'm not even going to repeat it, but there's like a point that they're making whenever they do that. Is Sam, could, Hyde, is Sam Hyde in on this joke or is – well, how it, does he feel it, about it? Well, and that's the thing. It He says – he plays it off. He says, look, I don't know why my name uh, and my face keep popping up on these things. Uh, it could get it dangerous and, for him, man. That could and, well, Yeah, and, and apparently it has. Uh, yeah. But then there was this – there were he's given a couple of interviews where I don't think he's as innocent as he wants us to to oh, believe okay. because um, there was I'd like to think that I knew a little bit about the alt right you know going into all of this so I mean I'm not totally an outsider here but he gave an interview with somebody or another and he was asked about that and so he's like yeah you know uh, <clears throat> that. Uh, when Sandy Hook or something like that, when one of those uh, shootings happened, you know, my name and my picture ended up getting shared. So next thing you know, I got all of these uh, text messages and phone calls from my rabbi and, you know, basically saying, you know, no, you mustn't do this. You know, you, you can't go around killing people and all that. <laughs> and that's the joke. I mean, the idea of somebody like him uh, practicing Judaism and having a rabbi and all, it's that's the joke. And you don't make a joke like that casually, you know? Right, it's, right. No, yeah, but the, and that's oh man, that's like I mean, all right, if he's commit if he's that committed to that joke, I guess hats off, but like yeah, you could he could he could get shot, you know? He could get run well, down run down by a concerned citizen or something, you know what I mean? At at some point over it. Well, yeah, and 
the thing is, I mean, everything. I mean, it's better does... that it's maybe coming from him. <clears throat> so at least if it happens, he only has himself to blame or whatever. But well, the, the philosophy that I use on Facebook is that ninety-five percent of what I post on Facebook is total bullshit, and not just like my bag, my biographical information or my employment history. I mean, even like status updates and stuff that sure. I put up there. It, it's it's just it's meant to be fun it's meant to be performance art it's meant to and so what i'm saying is nobody should take anything that i put on facebook too serious or they shouldn't take 95 percent of what i put up on facebook too seriously now the fun is i leave you to figure out what the five percent of truth is but 95 percent of it we know for sure is total bullshit and it seems like that that's that's my philosophy on Facebook. It seems like he takes that philosophy and applies it to life. And so he's not actually it's a commitment. <laughs> yeah, well and but <clears throat> if we take him literally, he's not actually like some like Nazi type of guy or something like that. You know, what he does is he'll go out there strictly as irony or strictly as parody or something like that. And he will say stuff that it's not necessarily like the N word or anything like that, but he'll say something that, so to speak, is a little bit off color. And he he just kind of rolls it out there as a grenade. Let people react to this. And the idea is it's fucking funny when 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 people do. And I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's all in the eye of the beholder. Well, but... my 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 take it can be funny. The thing is, sometimes the, the, like um. Like, um, let's say that I I won't even bring up the specific post, but there was a post that you put up, like a, a, in the last week or so, where I I think I, actually I don't know if it was you or not. It was, but it was somebody who posts like you, where I know that like when they post it, it's it's not you know they're po, po like some people post stuff and they're like this is this represents my being and. Every, I, I'm putting this up because I endorse this and I feel this, you know. And I know you're not one of those guys, but sometimes it's when the content of it like gets me. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll attack the post, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'm, you know, I know that you're not serious about this post, but I hate what's going on in this post, and here's why. And it's such a brew of of people and their intentions of, of what their post is. But like in, in real life, like say racial stuff or, or stuff like that, your reaction to it all depends on, you know, your, your point of view and your past experiences. Mm -hmm. So that's why with the whole, the whole like triggers, like, Oh, you know, triggering some people, Sometimes they're really, you know, some some people like some people have had like somebody beat them up because they were black. So somebody joking about it to them is, you know, when they when they so they react like raw. Some people react like raw just because they want a grandstand and make sure everybody knows that they're good people and they don't like that word and and stuff. But so it's just so hard to distinguish. So you're playing with fire when you're wor- working with like. Oh yeah, no. When there you're was working no with like race thing. and like, I mean, one of my favorite go-to examples is this fucking prick, 
bastard that I used to work with that, like, I mean, he basically, it, he was just a bully, you know, basically oh, he would, he would joke around with everybody, but the people he perceived as below him or weaker than him, it was pure go after, go after them and try to turn it, you know, get everybody else picking on them too. And, uh, but one of his favorite things was rape jokes, you know, joking about rape or, or working the word rape into a song that was playing on the radio. And this is oh, a right. restaurant that, you know, half the people working there were women. And and some of the some of the women would laugh because, you know, hey, I'm just joking and stuff like that. Some of them would ask him not to do that. And then he would specifically target them to do to to, you know, purposely hmm. because they were like hey don't do that and it was like oh what's the matter you're being you know you're just you're not you're not you know grow a sense of humor blah 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 and would push it and push it and I would just sit there and be like this guy has no idea what's happened to any of these women <laughs> and you know whether he's you know because obviously he probably lived a life where you know, I, I don't think he had any sisters and, you know, or whatever, you know, he didn't think that, you know, it, it wasn't in his experience. So yeah, it was it was funny. And like, oh, man, you know, he was I, I, I ended up quitting that job because at one point it, and it wasn't over a rape joke, actually, it was just over dumb shit. But I was actually going to take him out into the parking lot, and, and I was like, well, today's the day I beat his ass in the park. You know, we had an autistic dishwasher, and, you know, you like to call him retard and gaytard and try to figure out ways to trick him and, and do stuff like that. And meanwhile, the autistic guy, I'm sure, had an IQ way beyond this guy. Yeah, but you know that's 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 sort of it's baked kind of into a prick thing to do, the, man. The, the whole the, the whole like oh triggering thing, it's 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 shaky ground. Now I'm I'm not one to condemn humor on a shaky ground though, because I've participated in and you know, I'm I'm also for you know pushing pushing the limits in in public, but you know that's that's the reality of it when you have. When you have like stuff like that that's meant to get that strong reaction, sometimes you are you, you know you can tease out hypocrisy and and people who are just being you know, flat out disingenuous. But at the same time, you're gonna risk you know nailing some people who walk away going just like, oh my god, I'm having memories of the time Uncle Bob touched me, you know. Well, and you know I get that. On the one hand, I mean, I want to, <clears throat> I want to subscribe to the George Carlin idea that you can make a joke from anything. You, yeah, and you can. But the thing is, here's the I mean, th here's look, the thing: is when you when you start getting into racial and rape and stuff like that, you can make a joke that's funny and that will fly over almost every. You you can't make a joke that everybody's not going to get offended over. Somebody'll find a way to get offended over anything. <clears throat> but you have to be on the tier of comedy of like George Carlin. George yeah, Carlin exactly. could make a joke about anybody. There's a lot of comedians or there's some comedians who by virtue of their race or just by virtue of their delivery and the way that they they deliver it and put it into context and do all the 
magic that's like a good novelist would do and they put in stuff from real life to where it rings true, they can get away with, you know, Dave Chappelle got away with uh, unbelievable racial humor on his show. And not only because he was black, because he handled it in a way that that was true. If, at the, if in the end, the joke makes you laugh, even if you're offended by it, it's over. They won. You know, the joke, <clears throat> the joke is is a good joke. Even right. if you're offended by it, if it made you laugh, and the good ones can make you laugh about that because they'll they'll throw in truth too, and they'll leaven it with with nuance, and they know how to put the nuance in without making it lengthy and disclaimery. You know, they do it. You know, they're they're geniuses. So basically, if you're a genius, you can you can get you can do anything. But there's a lot of people who get it into their heads that anybody can do anything. And uh, comedy well, is comedy, especially if if you're not good at comedy and you're trying to do comedy, it, it, there could be a lot of collateral damage. Well, and there is, and one of the things that you know, I guess uh, the more profane among us need to keep in mind, there's a difference, a huge difference, in fact, between telling a joke and comedy. Comedy yes. is – it's almost like it's a its a routine unto itself. A joke is just a joke. And when if you tell a joke about rape, you better fucking hope that you're George Carlin level of funny, dude, because – delivery, yeah. And you, you know, better hope the joke is written well, you deliver it well, <laughs> you know, you use the right words and all that. It's not going to happen. A, but if you're you know, doing that, a standing commentary on it – and, well, and well, and then that's its own sort of thing, I guess. But the the whole Hebes will not divide us that Sam Hyde was talking about. It's like on the one hand, I understood the the critique that is being offered there, and it's kind of, I mean, I, I I'm not trying to be too like overly sensitive about it, you know, in that we are talking about Shia LaBeouf. As far as I right. know, he is a Jew. And so whenever you go up oh. there and say heaps will not divide us in oh, his I did thing, not know that. Yeah. That, that adds and, another layer to it. And, you know, I mean, it's on the one hand, you know, you can see the humorous sort of edge to it. On the other hand, there's... There's a, there's a chilling edge to it where basically, well, well one, there's one... We're pointing out right now, Shia LaBeouf's Jewish. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're taking this opportunity, you know, to to and, make that 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 claim that and and the thing is is the 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 rhetoric you know the the people the the yeller the yellers against Trump you know the people who are just like you, you know against Trump without any fine thought. They're just going to go, Hitler, you know, Nazis, blah, blah, blah. And there's Nazis baked into the mix. There's there's no doubt somewhere in there. But it takes some nuance and thought to put it all into perspective and see what's going on. And, mm. you know, to, to be like, oh, well, there's Nazis who like Trump. That means Trump equals a Nazi or whatever. But there's the people there are in that that yell that that yell mode you know where they're just like bah, 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 bah. and you know that is that's a, that annoys the hell out of me and then there's the the um desire 
to either point that out or d- disrupt that or you know that the people that the people here or or to show that these people are like getting so hy- hyperbolic that we'll go hyperbolic in the opposite direction just to make a point by you know but yeah but but ter- ter- turning it to Hebes will not divide us is you you can sit there Context and parse the humor of the joke, but if you have to parse it to get to why it's humorous, it doesn't work in the in the and and I can actually like I can actually like if if I saw that happening live, I would probably laugh a little bit just to, in the sort of like oh geez I see what they did there, you know mm-hmm. and then and you know just the primitive blunt force of the wordplay it's like okay I guess that's kind of obvious. And then, but then you bake in the fact that Shia LaBeouf's Jewish, and then you bake in the the history of like the the Jewish people and the fact that there's not a lot of them. They're like what they're, they're like what of they're like what are the peoples that nobody likes that you could that that conceivably could still you know there's not many of them you could wipe them out you know and they've had. They've had trouble with that in the past. They're a little edgy about it. Uh, you know, I almost can't blame them at all for being a little edgy about it. So, and it's... I, the, the more we talk about it, the more I think it's wonderful performance art because it's putting all this... And, and a lot of it's... A lot of the alt-right stuff is garbage, but it, there it is... He's he's done this thing, and now all the 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 garbage of the rhetoric today, the hyperbolic rhetoric of today, is sort of concentrated in that area to be scrutinized, I guess. So that could I I don't know if that's part of their. I'm sure it is part of their plan because when you do performance art, your plan is open to what <laughs> you want to get. You have things well, you want to thing. get out of really it. You can't really have else... much of a plan, you know. You, you, I mean, you, you you have an idea you and you roll it si- out there, and then it has to kind of progress. You, you it set up a situation, and then and then yeah, and like if you have a plan to where you want that situation to go, either that's a bad piece of performance art because it's set in stone, or you're just a fool because it's never going to go in the dirt, you know. You're, you're 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 inviting the elements of chaos and randomness and and other perspectives into it so you have to counter it going you know i mean basically to to be really good at at something like that you got to be really good at improvising or if you're not improvising you have to have the thing that whatever you're doing you have to nail yourself down into it and commit to it which is probably why Shia LaBeouf assaulted that guy is he probably is a flaky actor and was in the character of of doing stuff and got hostile and I don't know if I now did did he like throw the guy down and punch him in the face or did he just like butt him and knock him down or you know um there is video of their little altercation and what happened the way it looks okay look i wasn't there i can't say all right the the video only tells you so much but the way it looked is that this was actually friendly fire the guy was actually there to support uh this whole he will not divide us uh ethos and 
it was a case of mistaken identity on LaBeouf's part. He oh, thought Jesus. that the guy was somebody that he wasn't. And so, like, a pushing match ensued, and so Shia reached up, grabbed his mask, and then just pulls it right off the guy's face. Now, by itself, I mean, I think you're already on, like, shaky legal grounds as far as, like, what is the definition of assault? But the thing that they really got him on was that whenever he reached up and then grabbed the mask, it's it's just... Well, that's it's just how things go. You oh know, yeah, in, I, I, in a situation like that, he scratched the guy. The, he just clawed the shit out of the well, guy's that, face that with his fingernails. Battery too, you know. Yeah, and, and, and so the, the guy he was yelling in his face. Oh, that, that guy, guy wanted to. If that guy off. wanted to pursue, but that guy could have pursued assault too. Assault, and that's ass- one of the things that made me think he was a plant. You know, I don't think that was real. Well, the, that's the thing is that, and when you watch it. If it wasn't real, if it wasn't planned, then the guy was, had put some was, you know, had had a streak of performance art in him too, because it was it was almost like a yin yang sort of thing, man. You know, where you had the two opposite. You know, it was almost too perfect of an of an image to get clipped and put out on the internet. But yeah, it, it was he's, just the right length too. It's about two and a half minutes. Yeah, but at the same point, you're in New York City, and you're filming all day, so your odds of of having things that happen that are very, you know, um, that you you know having something that you can clip out and go like, oh my God, look at this, this is perfect, are way higher. And it's New York City in, you know, a a polarized political protest situation. So there's even more people rousting around. And, I mean, New York City is going to be big for that because that's basically Trump central. You know, that's 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 basically his business center. And that's where Trump Tower is. So, I mean, I, I can only imagine that for the next four years it's going to be a camping out place for for protests you know it's going to be where where they are so when you set up downtown manhattan and set up a camera bring them in (laughs) it's just gonna roll roll right along you know 12 hours of footage but there was i don't know you'll have to go and watch I'd, i'd like to see what your take on that that video is uh when when you check it out, but I I I totally thought that that guy could have been you know been in on it, or even if not in on it, sort of playing it up, you know, mm-hmm. maybe like oh I've got my you know I've got this antique German hat and I'll put it up and I'll and I'll uh, go up and you know say some Nazi things to see what happens or say something direct you know and and. Uh, just sort of give them give them a good sound bite, you know. And that yeah. and that's the kind of thing that you know, unless you're a mind reader, you can't you can't tell what's going on. But that's why I love performance art. You just never know, you know. All of a sudden, there's a a schizophrenic street person in the mix, and logic, you know. And there's a logical conversation that suddenly involves aliens, you know. It's yeah. it's awesome. Well, and the other thing is, 
and maybe this is going to kind of get in maybe to the little bit more of the, I guess, dark side of all of this is. And of course, now I'm blanking on the fucker's name, but there was some guy that had the that fucking haircut and he got uh, sucker punched uh, when he was giving oh, an interview. Oh, yeah. And, Spencer. Richard Spencer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's the guy. And um, I call him not Nazi punch face. Oh, yeah. Well, fine. <laughs> and so he's got like you know the fucking that haircut that a lot of them have now and the thing about it is what it comes down to is this all right i always i always you, put that haircut as gay male <laughs> well I, yeah and he does well whatever i'm not even going to touch that but anyway so uh the he got he got punched by uh some guy and black block guy uh, anarchist yeah and the uh, the people on 4chan are pretty sure they just doxed him, so I'm not going to repeat his name just because, you know, God forbid they're wrong or something like right, that, or right. I somehow get mixed up in this. But apparently his real identity is out there to be known if 4chan is to be trusted. And, guys, look, here's the thing. We have a thing in this country that's called freedom of speech. And whenever you punch somebody that you disagree with because of the fact that you disagree with them, I don't give a shit what they're up there saying as long as they're not inciting violence. Then from a legal standpoint, it doesn't have to be ethical, it doesn't have to yeah. be even moral. Yeah. But whenever you start applauding people for and, getting and, punched and, in the and face, and I should I I I want to just add to that when when you say inciting violence, I I I would take that to mean um, explicitly inciting violence, not tr not going out there and being a complete douchebag, smug, and saying horrible things to make people mad. That's that is insightful, but that's not like you you know when when you say inciting, I think people should think of like the technical, legal, take okay, him to fine. court and say this All guy right. was inciting a riot because. Because a lot of people, I'm just saying, a lot of people would like argue against you and say, like, well, he is inc he is inciting stuff by saying what he says and giving Nazi salutes and be. And that's or, the thing. No, or he's people not. people are making the argument that he's in, that that it would be inciting just by being a Nazi. You punch Nazis, and we've been brought up, we've been brought up to that that's the case, right? Indiana Jones and Captain America, you know. That's yeah. that that's been the thrust of like pop culture and is is not uh, the Blues Brothers. They were stooges in the Blues Brothers. So I've been having the argue. This argument is one I've been having with. Um, well, I'm going somewhere with it. So oh, just, OK, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, hold on. Um, and basically, look, is is that guy? What's his name now? Spencer. Richard. Spencer. OK, yeah. The, Richard Spencer. Now, is this guy like a bona fide Nazi? Guys, look, I don't know. Okay, I mean, I've only got so many hours in the day and listening to that guy, uh, whatever. Right, so, right, yeah, exactly. But the fact is, you know, whatever it is that he does or doesn't believe, you know, this idea that, you know, the principle that's being set down here is that we get to punch people in the face because we disagree with them. And I didn't expect to get proven right this soon. But I knew that someday I was going to get proven right, you know, that the minute you say it's OK to punch somebody in the face or inflict physical harm on them because you disagree with them, 
there's going to come a day when that happens to somebody who is objectively not well from a certain point of view or maybe it's up to no, the, no uh, somebody the who's just stand, just standing um, there like i'm trying to cross the street yeah and yeah that, you know we're not quite to that that, that exact thing has not happened yet but what did happen <clears throat> a couple of days ago was uh, that one loser, Milo Lavalov. Yeah, he gave a uh, or tried to give a uh, some kind of a speech or something like that at UC Berkeley. And I want to be I want to triple underline this part, guys, because it goes to exactly what I'm saying. This girl showed up. She's giving an interview to a news camera, and she's wearing a red hat. And on the front of the red hat, it says in white letters, make Bitcoin great again. <laughs> That's what it says. What? And so she, yeah, and she no sooner finishes up her interview than some crazy son of a bitch pepper sprays her because what? she's a Nazi. She's wearing a red hat. That means she's a Nazi. Oh. And she is objectively, I mean, first off, it's up to, de- it, it's open to debate. Did this chick even vote for Donald Trump? I don't know. But she no, it sounds, no it sounds no that's it sounds like the, the uh, I mean I don't know but just if I was to make a general guess it sounds like she would probably be more like left wing artsy style yeah do with taking and that she was making comments about the protesters that they were well, the, very noncommittal you know she, she was wasn't praising a, a parody hat yeah and you know the the comments that she she was wearing a parody hat and then the comments that she was making they really weren't they didn't really say that they were non-committal they didn't really say anything about what her views of the protesters actually were so there's a very good chance that here's somebody who voted for jill fucking stein exactly that got pepper sprayed because she's a nazi she's wearing a red hat and guys i hope that the person that pepper sprayed her got like arrested or something or lacking that if they got the shit beaten out of them by somebody else well, obviously that's illegal, well, but I'm, I'm not going to criticize it. I'm going to put the I'm I'm going to put it this way about this this shit gets me mad. I've been fighting about this for for the last uh, ever since Richard Spencer got fi- punched in the face, because I I mean I I I know the anarchists in my town. Like I don't go hang out with them, but I like when I go to the protests, I know who the guys who are the anarchists. I've been to their meetings, and all that. And so when Richard Spencer got punched in the face the argument starts up against uh, again about about violence and it's it, by the you know there's a lot of people like i'm i'm not even i'm not going to name names and the people who i'm arguing with are probably not listening to this podcast but there's one guy who's very a political activist He's not an anarchist. I'm, I'm going to bar, barge in here real quick. I just want to just interrupt Chris. Chris, you can have the mic back in just a minute. But I just want to say, if you're a Nazi and you're listening to my podcast, email me. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so this guy's he's an activist. And um, I think we made friends because he made a video about they were tearing down a homeless camp. And the way he filmed it and approached it was very was very smart and very um reporter like and i remember praising him and just going you did a good job on this video you showed that they you're not editorializing you showed what was going on and got to the boat and so we became friends and we're sort of politically aligned on a lot of stuff i'm really not politically aligned with anyone a hundred percent it seems but um 
Once Welcome we, to my world. Well, man. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a lot of people's world. I think that's a, a good amount of people's world. But um, um, so the conversation starts up again, and um, you know, the, he's got he and a few of the anarchist people can talk philosophy about it and say, well, look, you know, in the past when you have fascism. You know, it's always going to come down to... You know, they have a whole rationale to it, like what fascism represents and does is violence, and smashing windows is property, you know, and, and poverty is violence. You know, there's a million rationalization, rationalizations or philosophical things that they can put out to do it. So those people, by that, by their logic... Like, if that person who pepper-sprayed that girl is one of those anarchists, then he should turn himself in. Or at least go to that girl and say, Hey, look, I screwed up. You want, you know, do you want to turn me into the cops? Do you want to punch me in the face or something? You know, apologize or something like that. I'll bet you they ran away and they're trying to keep from getting caught right now. That's Probably. that's that's my guess. Well, that's my my experience with and and so I get in the argument with them and I'm like and they're like, well, you know, and I'm like, I'm not anti-violent. If I'm backed up into a corner and the police are unfairly going to kick my ass, I will fight back. Or if they're doing something that's illegal or immoral like on a like objective reality basis, I will intervene, you know, with violence if I had to. Or, you know, it's, it's the, it's, but it's like similar to a situation of if, if somebody's coming at you with a knife or something like that to, to save a life or to save, you know, damage to people. Yes, violence can be, but just, just coming out or, you know, uh, uh, the, the state is getting more and progressively more and more out of control and you, you really do, but there's a progression of that, you know, it usually takes years to where you get to the point of where it's like the normal people are like, we're going to have to burn some cars in the road or something like that, you know, and by that time you're usually in third worlds, you know, it's, 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 it's not the situation we're in now. And mm -hmm. you've got, and you've got some of the anarchist people in the, in the black block or just anarchists or their groups who are leading with smashing Starbucks and burning limousines. And I, I admit there's something visceral to me that likes seeing Richard Spencer get punched in the face that likes seeing the image of a, of a Starbucks or a, or, you know, a symbolic thing go up in flames or whatever. But I'm a, you know, I, I don't think it's a smart thing to do. I don't think it works for you. Uh, violence definitely doesn't. And at this point when they're like, well, you know, the, the violence of the, the cops and stuff, it's just like, it's just like, I would, you know, the, the, the guys who live out in the woods with a cache of guns are like, sometimes you're going to, you know, we'll have to fight off the government. Yeah. Good luck, man. You know, you got a lot of guns, but they have guns that are a hundred times bigger, you know, and, you know, people by the well, hundreds of thousands, you're not going to win a, a battle, you know, a, a brave heart battle with the police. You will be able to, and the black block has like formed into a human chain and pushed through the cops to, to move them aside so people could get through and not get arrested. That shit, okay, 
that takes people working together and having a philosophy. Now, I know better. And just in Rochester um, last week, we had, or, or at the Women's March, so it was a few weeks ago, they had the Women's March here, which it's the Women's March. It's not a like, type of deal. So you had our our Rochester band of anarchists who are angry assholes. They're they're young, they're angry, they hang out in their house all you know, they're they're they are the the left version of the alt right, you know. They are they're they're like they're they're ray they're they're steeped in internet stuff. They don't really get a, so anyway, they're they're getting ready to march. All right, they're, they're, they, the march hasn't even started. There's a group of about 10 of them, and they're in a little clump, and they've got signs, and they're all dressed like ninjas. And um, the local newspaper um, is there with a cameraman, and he's taking pictures of them. They're there with their signs in a public place, in a circle, you know, and they're all getting ready to go, and he's taking pictures, and they start going, don't take our picture. And he's like, I'm sorry, you're in public place. I, I could take your picture. We're asking you not to take our picture. And he's like, he, and he's like I'm sorry, I'm taking... You're not... You, you cannot take our picture. We asked you not to take our picture. And you have to stop... He's like, you have to stop taking our picture without our permission. And he's just like, or what? Or there will be consequences. We will take necessary, you know... And he's And, and he's a you know 60 year old guy 55 year old guy photographer for a newspaper he whatever he doesn't care he know he knows the legalities of what's going on inside and out and he's seen it all so he's like whatever he just keeps taking their picture and then they start crowding in on him and he holds his arms out to to move and moves back at the same time and they're like assaulted me he assaulted me he assaulted me and then when he turns around one guy jumps up and sucker punches him in the back of the head and then uh, meanwhile there's 40 cops hanging around just, the cops are all hanging blah 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 and then they just go over and arrest everybody and they're all just like ah, fascists you know that's 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 what passes for anarchists you know, 50 to 70% of the time, angry people with misdirected anger who want to get some, you know, they're, 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 they're calling for attention and they're, they, they are there, they, they're, they're itching for a fight, you know, and there's people on the other side who are, you know, itching to oblige them. It's, it's baked into, but you well, know, the thing about there, it is... there were tens of thousands of people there, though, and there were ten people, and they, they were ten people. They didn't. They were so inept, they didn't even make it to the march. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, they well. literally just had gotten out of their cars and were so hostile that they ended up in a jail cell. And when they got out of the jail cell, they came out like that. You found out who the ringleader was because they all had newspapers in front of their head. But he made sure you saw his face, and he walked really funny in front of all of them, and was like making sure that the cameras saw, you know, got a good look at him. And I was just like, oh, geez, you know, but they're 20 years old and they're dumb as shit. You know, they think that th they think that they're making some exciting videos to put up on YouTube. Well, the thing about it. all of this is something that I don't think that the the more violent protesters are really stopping to think about. Apart from the police, guys. 
who has all the guns in this country? I mean, I I, I don't want to. A guy wanna... already got uh, a guy already got shot at a R- Richard Spencer. I think it was either Richard Spencer or blah blah blah, blah Yappa Boss. The, some somebody one of the anti-fascist guys. Um, I don't know if he attacked him or they got in a fight and and the the anti-fascist guy got shot in the belly. So it's well and Crimea River. Just, I mean, look, violence just escalates. That's the thing is, once anybody starts and decides that like okay, uh, you know. What violence is so fluid as to what started it? Any fight, who started it? You know, and, and so you always end up with two two sides who are always in the mindset that they're just striking back or reacting to the other side's violence, and that's I I mean, there's been it's the basis of most of a good chunk of drama. <laughs> well, and, and it is, but you know, the thing is, I mean. Once it starts, it there's only one way it ends. Or let me rephrase that: there are two ways it can end. One of them is more preferable than the other. It ends with a hand with a set of handcuffs, or in the worst case scenario, it ends with a body bag. Yeah, a body bag, and, exactly. And what I saw was this uh, video of these um, anti-fascist uh, types that were basically. Uh, what they were doing is they'd made a sort of a human chain and they were only letting women pass by because they were this was at the uh, DC march and so one guy was trying to go to work you know yeah. not yeah yeah and so but they wouldn't let him pass and so when they let one of the uh one of the women through the guy that was trying to uh, get to work um he tried to zip through there or something yeah he, yeah, he zipped through and so one of the female anti-fascists uh, just punched the guy right in the face. And I saw the end of that movie before it came out. I knew exactly what was going to happen next. This guy knocks her into the middle of next week. I would have too. And the thing is, you know, there's this really retarded idea a lot of people have that real men don't hit women. No, men only hit women in self-defense okay if some i don't care who who it is well, i'll put i'll put if, it this some way. guy in a fucking wheelchair hits me i'm hitting him back i don't uh, care yeah, well well here's that's that's why but that, that's why i don't that thought process isn't even factored in when someone punches you in the face your body is wired to punch them back in the face that's one reason you don't punch people in the face is they're going to punch you back Maybe if they he he might have been like he might have been completely of the philosophy of you don't punch a woman in the face but god damn it somebody just punched you in the you know I with the you know those people like I I don't really meet them now that I'm a, more of an adult but like in high school and college the people who like to make you flinch you know they look like they're gonna punch you in the face mm-hmm. and the 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 you know the reaction that sets off in your body just from that you know someone just like you know hinting at it or faking at it you know those those people sometimes get punched in the face or people who like startle people you know they get punched in the face you you know you cannot you cannot even blame that guy for be, going against the philosophy of you don't hit a woman he was he was trying to get to work. He was probably really agitated, and then all of a sudden, bam! All your fighter, your fight or flight 
reflexes are set off immediately by a blow, you know? So it's like, you can't, I don't know, did he end up, who, did any, anybody end up getting arrested with that, or was it yeah, just Yeah, th this happened, like, in full view of the cops, and I, I, I just uh -huh. fucking love this, because, um... Well, the, the, the yeah, the, the cops must the, have the, arrested her, then, because that's what they do. You would think, you would think, the cops did not arrest the, the girl uh, who punched the guy, unprovoked. The cops did not arrest the guy that punched the girl in self-defense. They ended up arresting the, uh, this one guy who was holding this retarded uh, Antifa flag. Uh, he just uh, ran in and, like, he swung it at the guy that uh, acted in self-defense. He just swung it. And yeah. He's got his little stupid-ass mask on, you know? And that's just something else. Take off your fucking mask, bitch. But anyway, so, but he's got his little retarded mask on, and he swung the flag, and it's this big, thick, wooden beam. Yeah. And if you get hit in the head with that, dude, it's really going to hurt. Yeah. And Look so at the, the end cops, of Logan's run, man. Yeah. And so the cops saw that, and that was the guy that That was they the guy that got it. He was the last one that they... He might have been doing it to... to help the girl you know he might have been oh, you know, he even throwing said himself he, under the bus i can't bus. believe that you that you guys are arresting me he punched that woman and oh they, and, and the cops even said yeah i saw what happened and they just didn't care and i thought you know what good on you because i'm really sick of that attitude that a woman can do literally anything that she wants and because of the fact that she's got yeah. a vagina that means that it but that, that 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 does that usually in in most cases does not fly in cop land because cops have specific non-gendered rules about assault you know and and um and you see like and this is and this isn't pulling this from like police record this is pulling this from fucking cops on tv but when you watch cops on tv and they go to the trailer park and you know the, yeah. the old couple are fighting and the woman is completely confident that that her her husband's going to jail you're going to jail now that's it. You're going to jail now. He smacked me in the face. And then they'll be like, they'll go over and they'll get uh, and they'll get the story from the husband and he'll say, well, she was coming at me with a butcher knife, so I hit her in the face or whatever. And then they'll go over and go, did you were you coming at a butcher knife? Damn right, I was coming up with a butcher. And click click click, and, <laughs> and the hand yeah, comes there behind her in a second. You know, just, what are you doing? And it's just like, oh, there you go. You admitted to. You know the first, you know the the initial assault and and off into the car, but you know I mean the thing about the thing about it a protest, you know, just you know you can't generalize everybody, but generally cops and protesters don't get along. It's it's not a hard and fast rule, but in general, you know the cops don't like the protesters either if they're like philosophically opposed to them or just from the sheer fact that they're making their life a living hell, you know, and yelling at them and, and stuff like that. So it's you, I mean, it's usually the protest. I saw, um, I saw four cops on scooters, plainclothes cops in, in street clothes on, you know, those like quadrophenia scooters come into a protest and there was a group of, and they were anarchist type people. They weren't all anarchists, but they were all from that sort of world. It was their march that, that we were filming. But it was, you know, it was just a march. It was just a clump of people, and they were coming out of a church because there was the, the center of it is this one church that lets them hang out there. So they were all coming out of the church, 
and uh, these guys came in with, and it looked just like some some guys you would probably think they were Republican, maybe because they were short-haired, cop-looking guys, mm-hmm. but they were in T-shirts and and stuff like that, and they just plowed into the crowd with the scooters. Like, some of them went straight in, a couple of them sped up and then, like, spun to the side and, like, did a swipe so it was knocking people over. And um, this black kid, probably about 15, 16 years old, gets knocked down onto the ground and he gets up and grabs a guy on the bike, pulls him off, and the bike was sort of half tipped over, pulls the guy off the bike and starts just wailing on him wailing on him and then trying to like detain him like you know punching the guy and grabbing him and putting him down because everybody at this point everybody's sitting there thinking holy shit um these guys just came in and just who are these guys they just attacked the thing Uh, they were cops and as soon as that guy started punch you know they everybody started pulling the the guys off the scooters as soon as they started pulling them off the scooters all the cops in uniform just boom came in off and arrested all the protesters. The guy who, the black kid, as he got away and was like on. And when we went home, it was on the news. You know, we're looking for this kid. He's 15 years old. He assaulted an officer, pulled him off his bike, and and savagely beat him. You know that sort of thing. So that was and and. And then, then garbled footage of, you know, the kids sort of punching somebody, but no context at all. No context at all. And, uh, yeah, it was all protesters that got arrested that day, and I figured it was something the cops set up to give an excuse to get rid of these guys. And they were anarchists, and they were also... they Their march was without a permit, so it was technically illegal... So they were trying to put the kibosh on that march. But, yeah, yeah it's it, – and, and, and I don't blame – I mean that kid thought he was, he was trying to help the situation, you know. And I, I believe he later – he turned himself in. I don't know what eventually actually – if he if – he, I, I would very much doubt if he had charges put up against him because – and – there were a lot of cameras running that day not mine and not the other guy that i was with we we had filmed ex- extensively in the church and we're go and we're just walking out and like getting getting our our bearings about what we were going to do and it all happened and and missed that footage but pl- plenty uh, you don't have to worry about like not getting the footage cuz you filmed it you just have to worry about not having your own <laughs> copy of it. <laughs> I can go on the internet now and watch it from five different angles, but none of them are going to be my angle. And that was, but you know, that was just one thing we missed. There were plenty of things we got, but um, what, 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 yeah, anarch. I I have, you know, if the Black Bloc actually has done very useful things in European in Europe, but but it's different in Europe writing and and protest and all of that is a more advanced art in Europe you know there I mean I don't I don't go by I I I haven't seen a riot yet 
The closest thing is Mino Yala Lava Vaz's stuff. There's a lot of shit baked into that as to where the violence was coming from and what it, you know what angles it is. But and it was also like small contained thing. But you know we're, we're there's been people trying to you know every the the one in New York City where some Starbucks oh it's a riot you know so it's not not referred to as a protest anymore it's referred to as a riot. Bitch, go to Europe. They have riots. <laughs> That's a riot. We we have not the the only thing like riot like that we ever have in that in the United States is on a small scale relatively and that's that's sports games in college towns, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's where they turn over cars and burn stuff and like raw through the streets, <laughs> but at the same time like then they go home and go to sleep and and sleep it off or the cops could say hey guys time to go home and oh yeah okay <laughs> not not in Europe with a riot it's it's yeah they you know i mean i mean the rioters in Europe have got to have warehouses someplace they have their own equipment you know they have mass you know like civil engineering stuff to block off streets and uh, to hide behind you know huge things made out of you know plywood and 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 two by fours that they all get behind like medieval knights and press forward with and stuff like that i i see that and i'm like is it is it like a fucking you know where you go down by the water and they have the 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 building full of boat boats to go you know the marina or whatever do they have their the warehouse full of rioting equipment and counter police stuff. Who or do people just keep it in their garage for when it's riot season? I don't know. And you know, I mean, the weird thing is, it's like nobody seems to really want this, and yet it's happening anyway. And it almost well because because it's so we're so, such a huge country, you know. Most people, most people are nonviolent. Most people are good. You know, any any test that they've ever done on, like, you know, to do on the inherent goodness of people, whether it's like a hidden camera thing to see, you know, someone's hurt in the street, will somebody go and help them, or someone's like, I need help with this, will will you help me? You know, the vast majority of people are like, yes, okay, I'll help you. Or they'll, or they'll see someone and they'll show concern and they'll go do something. But since there's so many people, you know, even a small percentage of that that, that, that love violence or could give a shit about anybody else or whatever, there's still a lot of them, you know. And, the, and when you get a big group of people, there's, there's always, they're, they're always going to show up. You know, there's always if you get an anti-war protester protest, there's always going to be, you know, a bunch of people who are basically moms, you know, and dads and, you know, and they and that their their social activism is sort of on the same vibrational level as going to the PTA. You know, it's it's they're, they're They have strong feelings about it, but it's a community act. You know, it's a community activity sort of thing they don't they don't want violence or stuff and then but then you have you have angry people i mean there's people who just want to fight they've had they they're they're angry they have had 
something in their life or in their wiring or combinations of the two make them have a lot of anger that they want to take out and and what better place than to go you you know get involved with a cause that you can yell at people for and be self-righteous about and then they attract their 180 degree opposite flip side of the coin from the other side you know from the right wing there's and then there'll be the right wing people that come to counter protest who usually are in the PTA mode because the PTA mode Republicans are like why would I want to go to the anti-war pro- protest to to fight with them or to argue with them I just won't go I don't agree with them but then you get the guys who are angry Uncle Bob who'll go there and they want to stand by the sidelines and go listen to you you little pussies and blah 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 and then you have the 5% of Uncle Bob's who are like maybe I'm going to get the chance to kick somebody's ass and when those guys meet the the 18 to 20 year old anarchists who are going maybe I'm going to get the chance to meet, kick someone's ass they're going to oblige each other you know or and well, one thing I've I've and this is not to excuse anybody from the their own decisions, but one of the things I've kind of wondered about. I mean, I'm I'm sure you know who the soccer hooligans are, but yes. for the listeners, one of the things that happened. I want to say it was in it, it was primarily in uh, uh, the UK. There, there was a point when it's like every single soccer match in the UK would end in a friggin' riot. And, you know, the it got to the point where even the police are starting to wonder what's, go, what's going on here because of the fact that... Because it rolls like a it, snowball. Well, that, but I mean, these were not exactly like consequential games. Look, it's one thing if you're in the playoffs, but this is... I mean, sometimes it was happening even with like a preseason game. I mean, it just it doesn't matter. There's nothing to riot over here. Right, yet right. No, it's riots it's baked, were happening anyway. It's baked. It's it's baked into. There's starting to be people going there specifically for the riot part. <laughs> right. Because there's and, there's a part of the of I think every human being that loves chaos and breakdown. You know. Well, and a riot is chaos and break, but a soccer riot is kind of chaos and breakdown, but it's safe, you know. It's they're not tearing down their whole system around them or anything. They're just going up and tear, blowing off, blowing off steam. I mean, people get hurt and killed, but they're you know, but they go home and to their wife and kids and go to bed and then go to work the next day, you know. Yeah. And and then the and then their well, they started watching videos. Of yeah, all yeah. of these riots, and what they noticed was that there were the same, usually about ten or twelve faces. Uh-huh. Like to your point, there were like the same ten or twelve faces. Yeah. And what they noticed is that you know people would walk out of the the stadiums, and they were, you know, kind of grumbling, ah, fucking gut, why didn't that? Why didn't my team win? And you know there would always be the same group, irrespective of which team lost, because sometimes they would do this no matter like for for the same team that that won. Right, cases. right. And they would, you know, they they would start shouting, "Man, fuck this!" You know, we're we're gonna tear this shit up. And next thing you know, a full scale. And these are the guys it. that are actually starting the fucking. This wouldn't yep. have been a riot, but these assholes showed up. And in Europe, because of the fact that I guess they're Europe, they have a word for stuff like this. It's called. These people are called hooligans, right? Like, I think you have to be European to say that word with a straight face because I laugh just seeing the word hooligan. Wow. It it does not sound very threatening. (laughs) No, I mean, it's just, I will kick your Euro ass, dude. Get out of my face. 
but that's what would happen. And it made me think, you know, I'm not trying to excuse anybody from the consequences of their own action. I'm sure a good, uh, a bigly part of all of this is maybe it, 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 it's real. But the fact that these people are wearing masks, you have no idea who's under that mask. And how do you know that it's not somebody out there who just feels like torching the shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know. How do you know and, it's not, how do you know it's not, yeah. And it protests, and, oh, how do you know it's not somebody of the opposite um, belief that you are who's going in there to make you look bad? Right. And, and blow off steam. Maybe that, why you shouldn't wear a mask. A mask, but, right, exactly. And besides, I mean, if you really believe what you believe in what you're doing, don't be a pussy, dude. Take off your mask well, and sign your name. Yeah, but I, 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 I understand why you say that. But the the reality of protests is you're gonna get and 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 I agree with you actually. But the reality is that but other people might not. And the reality of it is is there's people there taking pictures of your face mm. for FBI files. And that's something, that's something, you know, that sounds paranoid. I've seen it. I've watched it. Oh, I know it goes it, on. But, you know. you know, you're the one that, you, look, you say you believe in this cause. You say this is objectively moral. Right. Don't right. you want Stand your name associated it. with the objective? I mean, look, going back in. Well, not uh, with the FBI, because the FBI is, the, the FBI is, the, the FBI is in not taking your face. The, the FBI having your face as a protester is not going to help you <laughs> in any way it might not hurt you but it's not gonna you know you know it's not to your advantage the, the fbi isn't keeping a book of like people that they that that are firm in their beliefs and and uh you know willing to stand up they're looking they're, they're, they're you know it's it, it's basically like if if you're not guilty of a crime and the police want to talk to you you still shouldn't talk to him because the, the 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 end result is is at best neutral, you know, yeah. and where nothing happens, and and the other possibility is all negative. So so there's reasons for not wanting to have your face taken a picture of, but by the other token, most of those people are yeah they're they're, they're hiding and they're and they're cowards. I have watched the, the, this is why I get mad at the black block. I had the, the one guy who was not an anarchist but you know sympathetic with them was like, well one day at a protest they may save your life and I'm like that may be and and he keeps portraying me as uh, you know and black blockers will come in and start arguing and don't argue with him. he just hates the black block and it's like I don't hate them. I want your cause to succeed, and that's something that's working against you, you know, to have, to, to, you know, you're going to get it, but to, to encourage it is, is not a good idea, and, uh, they, they, they just are, I can't remember where I was going with this, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I had a point. The masks. Oh, the masks, yeah. For most, the most part, the masks are 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 for cowardice, and I have seen the black block might save my life someday. But my experience with what I've seen them do in video and in reality, in context of a whole you know protest in March, is I watched black block guys run out, throw a bunch of shit at the cops, 
and and you know we're talking like soda bottles and stuff which can hurt somebody but these are cops in full riot gear so basically they're just being assholes and turning over garbage you know turning over garbage cans but they're whipping stuff at the cops which is it's uh, you, you don't whips it, it's it's assault so so they're, they're they're doing their throw stuff at the cops so the cops go after them what do they do they dart into the crowd they use the crowd to run away and get away and the cops wade into the crowd and start knocking heads in the crowd of people who are just there you know most of those people don't like you know don't want to throw any you know are, you know when when black block is and you see the videos of black block doing shit you notice those videos are only a minute or two minutes long because they never include the part where all the protesters will surround them and yell at them or physically restrain them or get the police and have them arrested because ha- people in the protest see that shit happening and they fucking flip out you know they, they, they're not ha- they don't want because they're going to get their heads knocked in and the black block guys who are 20 years old and can run like the wind are zipped through the crowd and are gone and off to cause trouble somewhere else and meanwhile the people who are nonviolent are getting and they go oh it it happens I've seen it happen you know I've seen people getting carted off and arrested because black block stirred up the cops and it it, it usually isn't the black block because they come in and do something <clears throat> and then they run away. And if you and and also if you're so strong philosophically, then go and get arrested for it and have a nice record as a badge of like that's right. I smashed this star gu- Starbucks copper, and I'll tell the judge so too. Eh. You know, but it's not like that. It's run because they just want to smash. There's some of them want to just smashy smashy, and that you know, it's. It's against all the rhetoric to say that with them, and they'll fight that all the way. But when you see the videos of some of them, they're like the the guys here in Rochester. They were just hostile. They were just there looking, looking to get on to posture and get into trouble and uh, and and blow off some of the blow off some steam for their own personal gratification. Mm. But I let. Don't don't let anybody think that I don't love protests. I'm on my way to the general strike on the 17th. <laughs> I don't even know where it is or what's going on, but I know something's probably going on somewhere within walking distance of me. And I don't even have to quit my job because I got that day off, <laughs> and I'm not telling my boss that. <laughs> and I know my boss isn't listening, so I'll, I can talk freely. But uh, I have two weeks to just like. She's going to come in and I'll be like, yeah, you know, the general strikes on the 17th. You know, you know, I can't come into work that day. It just, it, it's going to come down to that, you know. So you, you're letting me have that day off, right? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of strong arming, though. And, well, and, then, and, and then I'm going to move it on to like, you know, what you should do is just close down the restaurant. That's what you should do. <laughs> Because, hey, you're, you're, you're going to be a dishwasher short, you know? You may as well. You may as well close the place if I'm not here. I'm Nothing's not gonna, getting yeah, done anyway. I, I, I won't be able to get any of the cooks to leave with me, but I could probably get some of the gir- some of the teenagers up front to walk. <laughs> it's going to be a fun well, two weeks. Well, that 
more or less is what I had to say about this entire miserable affair, including he will not divide us. So do you have any parting shots you want to throw out there before we uh, call it a day? Last shots at the beef. No, I'm, mm. I'm, I, you see, that, that, I'm, I'm just a big booster of performance art. Even shitty performance art is, uh, uh, performance art is such, uh, like, it, even nowadays where it, there's way more performance art than there ever, you know, like, and like the combination of Andy Kaufman as an inspiration and then the internet world has brought this huge influx of of performance art but then again it's a big world it takes a certain kind of personality to want to do that so the people who actually like sit around and, and and everybody pretty much sits around with their friends at some point in their life or people that they know and go you know what would be really funny to do <laughs> and they come up with something that's often like a genius piece of performance art. Now, often, most of the time, it's theoretical because it would involve like having millions of dollars and spare time and stuff like that. But you know, everybody sits around and goes, "Wouldn't it be great if you did this and did this? And that would be amazing." And then, and then that's the end of it. So the people who actually get out and do it. I give him more points. I, I, I give Shia LaBeouf slightly less points because he's already famous, so he's already in sort of the position to launch himself into performance art. But then again, he gets the points back for choosing to do that with his career, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people will say his career is up or down. He's made a shit ton of money on those Transformers movies. And he's had a few roles that he's gotten some like the last movie he made where he's playing like a traveling salesman I guess he's really is really really good um, oh, okay but um and, and it, it, he could just be an actor and do acting and stuff but he's he's choosing to do the performance art and the choice of what he wants to say which is like I mean it's not complex, but it's good. It's I, I agree that like, it's not even you can't even pinpoint it much beyond like, forcing human contact, hu hu human, humans contacting each other, you know, face to face, on a, on a real level, you know, on a human to human, potentially deep level, but the he. He puts the opportunity there, and he and he slants it towards that. So, I like that. I like. I think that's a good, good message. It's not particularly like complicated or like specific, but hey, you know, whatever. It's all right. I can I can go for that. So, um, it entertains me, but it, it not like Andy Kaufman to where like. You know, it's this vast tapestry, but like each time he comes out with something, it's still like a, huh, okay. And then, and then a few weeks later, you get a couple of good memes and uh, gifs out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all for it. I don't think, I don't think it's world changing. He's going for world changing, but he's, it's, it's almost like. It's almost like something he might have gotten from, like, an acting workshop or something. You know, it, it, a lot of this stuff seems like exercises that you would do in a method acting class to, you, you know, all right, you two, 
get your get your faces as close together as you can and just scream at each other with the full hatred inside of you you know just let it all out on each other and go just do it and let go and do it it's basically what it, it seems like and now that I'm thinking about it, it might be kind of lazy. <laughs> but either way, I, that's okay. It's performance art. You can't fault it for almost anything except being boring. <laughs> or, or or violent and dangerous. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But no. then again, that you had that one... Now I'm, I'm, I'm spacing on their names. There was some, something research worship, workshop that made the giant killer robots in the 80s and early 90s. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that would shoot flames. Sometimes you were taking your life in your hands going to see them, they would explode or their flamethrower would shoot up <laughs> too long or, and you had to sign disclaimers. So I guess maybe threat of physical violence isn't, a, isn't necessarily a game ender for performance art for me. Yeah. Well, that that is uh, basically, you know, at least what I had to say, and I think that's pretty much at least it for us this week. So thanks, I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, dive in on this. I know well, it's kind of touchy about subject this matter. Forever. <laughs> well, and I could too. Obviously. Just, what, what do we say? You know, I mean, you know, we're, and that was the thing. I mean, you know, after we did that that special um, about the primaries, there was some kind of demand that we do a follow-up after the election and fuck that <laughs> i did that i, I uh, um, professor allen i, I ended up i heard it and professor- dude my head is off you know uh you and scott mcgregor and professor allen you guys got together you know go with god i'm glad you did it it's a great job well, but you know this is about as close as i wanted well, to get because dude the well, shit well, i took for that episode my when, god when when alan middleton approached us and said we should do a show about that i'm like i'm perfectly willing to do a show on that not on two true <laughs> happening on two true freaks do it on your network if you want and he was just like oh i'll have to think about that yeah <laughs> and then he came back and he's like okay Okay, that's all right. And I'm like, I, I mean, I'm gonna be nice. I'm not gonna go in there with a with a can of gasoline and start splashing it around. But and I thought we did okay without walking, like totally walking on eggshells. I thought it was, it was, it, uh, you know. I mean, he basically he gave McGregor and I a chance to gr- grind a few of our, you know, axes. But uh, yeah, I yeah, it's uh. If I was ever to do like a political podcast, it would be under a different name on a, <laughs> and I would like get my own Libsyn account somewhere and I wouldn't even tell anybody at Two True Freaks about it. <laughs> yeah. So it wouldn't pollute. I don't want to pl- I don't like polluting the nerd stuff with politics. I don't like polluting anything with politics. Politics is gross sewage. <laughs> well, anyway, I think that's uh, basically it for us this week. Now, as to the next time we get together, I'm not really sure what we're going to be talking about in the next seventh episode. I'm just pretty sure it's going to be awesome. So, But uh, as to next week, I'm going to be talking about how there's no such thing as vampires in the next helping of the Smallville Season 5 retrospective, but that's next week. So I think that's pretty much it for me this week. So bye, everybody. I will see you next week.
Hola, suckeros! Moria Clawhammer here. Thanks to a tax loophole and a life insurance policy, I have an authentic Mexican taco stand. The explosive taqueria! Well... If you want to pound a burrito, or just get your tongue on a taco, well, get off your ass, take a waco. Come throw some meat down your throat. If you want some food, here's a thingo. You don't want to eat like a gringo. Have some Mexican grub with some zingo. Taco sauce that explodes in your mouth. At the Explosive Taqueria in South DeManzaville, we have every kind of goddamn Mexican food you crave. We got chimichangas, ensalada, churros, chupacarnes, deep-fried jalapeno poopers, churritos, the famous taco shake. Taco shake discontinued. Triple refried baked beans, choritos, chimichibas, chimichochas, the Commodore's nachos, and the ever-popular endless burrito bowl. All prepared by our authentic Mexican cook, Manuel. My name is David. I'm from Bolivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the ladies, we have the Tila Tequila. A tiny taco, but you'll be amazed how much beef and cheese we can stuff in there. For the Daredevil, we have the El Pollo Croco. A full chicken stuffed with four soft-shell tacos, two beef burritos, and two sides of your choice, deep-fried and slathered in taco sass. The taco sauce with sass. So lock down your sphincter and come on down. Explosive Taqueria, 312 Elm Street, South Monzaville. Tell them where Clawhammer sent you. Arriva Dirty. Yeah, 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 play it. Come on, yeah, play it loud. Play it loud. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Illogic. Foolish emotions. A constant irritant. And ten out three, two. Come on in a circus. <laughs> right next to the dog-faced boy. True. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Oh. It's a super prize package worth $9,388. Money. This isn't the biggest bag over the head. Punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Ow! Go away, Peyton. And now, together by live simulation via the internet, your hosts, Scott Gardner. He killed a police officer, for Christ's sake! Thank God, damn lucky to kill him. And Chris Honeywell. Keep away! Keep away from me! You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. Looking at me? Yeah, because she thought you're some kind of freak. Now come on, she let's thought go. she likes me, eh? No way. Shut up, you freak! Julia, shoot. I said shut up! It's a man home! A man home! Two true freaks.com.
Hey everybody, Magnus here. I do a show called Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, wherein I talk about comics, movies, and TV shows. But let's cut the crap, alright? Mostly I spend most of my time talking about comics because, honestly, comics are my first love. So, beginning in March 2017, I'm going to change things up a little bit. I'm going to be joined by Rebecca Johnson to talk about Harry Potter movies. Three. Three Harry Potter movies. Rebecca Johnson will be joining in to discuss The Sorcerer's Stone, The Chamber of Secrets, and The Prisoner of Azkaban. But that's not all that's going on. Also joining in is Professor Allen to talk about the three Chris Nolan Batman movies. Yes, indeedy, we're hashing through Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Six episodes, six movies, two guest hosts, one regular host, which is to say me, Magnus, and the fun starts on March 7th, 2017. Only at com or iTunes or whichever obscure Japanese webpage that syndicates my show without my authorization for some reason. I don't really have a problem with that, you understand? It's just it's kind of weird. That's all I'm saying. But whatever. Six movies. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Batman Begins, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, The Dark Knight, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and The Dark Knight Rises. You got that this mega-series is starting in March, right? Just make it sure. So I think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks podcast network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. You can friend me on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trennismagnus at gmail.com. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Do you have a podcast of your own? If so, why not record a promo for me to play on my show? It's quick, easy, and can help you spread the word about your show. I'm always looking for more promos to play. Keep it fairly short, and yours could be next. 
My promos can be found at this show's homepage for those interested. Just look for the promos section. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law, some assembly required, batteries not included. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demanzacor of Milan, Italy. <laughs>